Hiring the wrong executive costs you time and money. Leveraging work psychology, Spear Consulting helps you hire the right executive so you can focus on growing your business. For a free quote, visit spiritmco.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the podcast. So excited to be able to have this dynamic and energetic and fireball of a guest. And Lisa, uh, Lisa, just so excited that you could join us and really looking forward to being able to dive into your background and, and uh, give the platform for you to talk through, uh, you know, your life and some of your life experiences and, and uh, you know, make an impact with the, our listeners today. So, our first question usually is, who are you? Help us to understand who you are so our listeners can get a, a pulse on kind of your shingle in the world. Sure. Thank you, Chris. I've, I've so enjoyed getting to know you. And so your listeners can get to know me. I'm Lisa Reynolds. Um, first, I would say I'm a daughter to a very healthy 90-year-old mother. I'm the middle child. I have an older sister, younger brother. I'm a mother of a wonderful son, and I'm a Gigi. My granddaughter calls me Gigi, so I have one son, one granddaughter. I'm mom to a three-legged cat. I'm a lifetime runner. I still run, although very slow, and I'm a little um, obsessive about health, mm. and I'm an HR leader. I've been in a Catholic faith-based healthcare system. It'll be 25 years in June. And then if you looked on my LinkedIn profile, it says I'm a development chemist. And that's probably one of the things I'm really passionate about is helping grow myself and other people. I love that. So as a follow-up to that, because we're going to dive into the work stuff, I wanted to talk on the personal stuff for a second. So was the cat, um, was, <laughs> did you acquire the cat without its fourth leg or did that ha was there an accident in the middle of its life or what happened there? Oh, um, it started out as my granddaughter's cat. They rescued this cat as a little tiny kitten on the side of the road and he was dragging his left leg. And so when they took him to the vet, they said his nerve had been damaged and that him dragging his leg, it would get infected and be painful. So they amputated it. Oh. And some circumstances happened where they couldn't really keep the cat. So I inherited the cat and he's just wonderful company, that unconditional love. Oh, what's the cat's name? Sage. Sage. <laughs> that is awesome. So have you had a lot of animals your whole life or is this newer for you or what does that look like? Yes, um, I grew up um, on a small farm in Oregon and Washington, and we always had cattle, sheep, horses, dogs, cats, so I'm used to pets, so it's been great having one again. Prior to the pandemic, I traveled so much for work, I couldn't have one, but it slowed down a bit, which has allowed me to do that. Ooh la la, thank you for bringing that up, because uh I have no experience with farm life, but yeah. my wife is like earnestly desiring to be a farmer at some point, like in our retirement. And I was like, look, Hannah, if that's what you want to do, I'll support you. But know that my boundary is that in retirement, all I want to do is write books and speak. And, and I don't want to be, you know, taking care of animals. So I was like, as long as that is the case, like I'm completely fine with it. So, and a pig is what she really, really wants. Oh, wow. uh, I, I settled with a pug. 
which snorts all the time and, uh, you know, is kind of has its little piglet features. But um, just kind of curious as to what, you know, with all those different animals and you having to kind of do that work to raise them, what do you think has been your favorite animal that you've raised thus far? I would have to say a horse. Um, I was, I'm a very avid reader and I read horse books as a young child and was just crazy about horses and had to earn money to pay for half of one. And, and I just love to go riding all day on my horse and, and they're such gentle giants. So probably my favorite is a horse. Hmm. Yeah, I have a, I do some work in a ministry down in Georgia and part of their ministry is uh, bringing people around horses. And uh, they said that it like horses mimic back to you the energy that you're bringing to them. And so if inside your heart you have a bunch of, you know, chaos going on, that the horse is going to respond to that chaos. But if you are peaceful and calm inside, then the horse is going to be calm and peaceful around you. I was like, wow, that's pretty insightful and pretty great. Uh, but not something that I <laughs> that I would, you know, be able to recognize or, you know, I've just never been around horses. Do you think that's true? I do. Yes. Um, you get scared, they get scared and take off. And I've been bucked off because of my fears. So it's a, a great metaphor for life. I get fears can get in the way. So, but definitely they're impacts. Cool, cool. So uh, tell us a little bit, Lisa, tell us your story. How did you get to the leadership position that you're in at Christus? Through a lot of curiosity and saying yes when I really didn't feel ready. So I started my um, journey in leadership at a public library in Gillette, Wyoming. And, you know, I love books. I left my job there, but I felt like something was missing. And a job came up at a hospital there for director of volunteers. And I applied and got the job. And the minute I got in healthcare, I just felt like that was my calling in life. And a CEO came to that hospital and said um, to me, would you be willing to start a patient advocacy program? And I said, sure, before I even knew what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. What's yeah, that was great. What is it? And <laughs> so he sent me to um, shadow an experienced patient relations leader in Fort Worth, Texas for a week. And then I came back and started the program. And then he left to go to a hospital in Shreveport, Bossier recruited me to come start the program at that hospital. And then Christus Health bought that hospital. And I went and started that program at another hospital in Beaumont, Texas. And while I was there, I got into our um, high potential leadership program. And we had to prepare a project with a small team. And our project was how we could better support leaders at Christus because we really didn't have any leadership development at that time. And I, um, was on the team that created a week-long program and we presented it to our senior leaders. It was accepted. And so they posted a job for that position and I applied and got it because I had found in my patient relations work, which is now the patient experience, that what I really enjoyed was coaching leaders to give feedback to their teams of how they could better interact with each other and with patients and families. So this job sounded great to me. And I did that for three years, taking this week-long class to all of our different hospitals. We call them ministries. And um, then the leader of that team retired and I got his job. We were the OD team, so I was that leader. And then we all relocated to Dallas 
we had three corporate offices and we centralized HR and I got to lead the Talent Management Center of Excellence for several years. And a couple years ago, we were implementing a enterprise resource planning system and they needed somebody to lead change management and asked me and again, okay, I'll do it. I'm not quite sure what it is, um, but I found I really like it. It's coaching a lot of leaders, making sure we're taking care of people as we go through change. So I really feel that I got where I am because I said yes, even though I might have been afraid, and also because people believed in me, and those beliefs helped me see things in myself that I didn't see. And I know we're going to touch upon that uh, in a little bit as well, so I'll park that. But I wanted to ask, I know you had mentioned that Christus is a Catholic healthcare system. Can you tell us a little bit about your own faith journey interwoven into that, uh, you know, your your development as a, as a leader? Sure. Um, so I was raised Catholic, um, went to catechism, First Communion got confirmed um, in Washington State. And um, I would say coming to an organization where you can bring your faith and um, it's like you don't have to leave part of yourself when you go to work. It's, it's just so refreshing. And it's one of the things that keeps me here. We can talk about our faith at work. We pray. Um, when somebody's hurting, we can go to our reflection rooms and, and do prayers. And, um, and our focus on the, the vulnerable and the underserved as an organization, it's just such a ministry. So it has such a high calling. And so my personal faith, my personal values align with the organization. So I just feel that all of me is welcomed. Hmm. I love that. So you said the focus on the vulnerable and that ministry, what, what does that mean? So we like to go where we're called, um, where there's people that might not be able to access healthcare because of their financial needs or there's it's not a very profitable community, so we will go there. Um, it's just our the the sisters that founded Christus always went where there was a need. They went to Galveston um, when there was a pandemic, and now we're, we've gone through a pandemic. So we go to communities where there's a great need. There's um, lower income families there that without us might not get health care. We are the number one system for charity care um, in the last year. And we're very proud of that. Hmm. What says you to leaders that say, well, why, why should we care? Well, the mission of our organization is to extend the healing ministry of Jesus Christ. And, you know, what you do to the least of us, you do to all of us. Um, and if that's, not something you're comfortable with as a leader, then Christus may not be the right organization for you. But we say it's just such a purpose. And how can we all be um, the Good Samaritan? You know, even though I don't touch patients, I feel the work that I do helps the caregivers that care for the patients. And, and I can honestly say in my 25 years at Christus, I've never heard a leader say, why do we do this? We could do so much more with that money we give for charity care. I've never heard that. That's awesome. Well, uh, yeah, I was going to ask you, you know, the, the, you know, 
what sets Christus apart. And but I think you definitely nailed it of having the uh, the Catholic values and and wanting to you know take care of of the most vulnerable in our society and and that's awesome. Well, thank you guys for for doing that work and and um, from the you know minimal experience that I've had working in ministry comparative to you know twenty five years of of working for a mission based uh, health system like that. Um, I can say from it's been my experience that you often you know charge into wanting to change people's lives and you see that your life has been impacted probably, you know, even more than, than uh, the people that you, you go to help. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going, I'm not saying that, that you do it for the sake of a self-centered reason, but I think that oftentimes that that's a, a byproduct of, of, of the ministry that we do is like, you know, you go, you, you charge in and, and you're doing this work Meanwhile, your own heart is being um, shaped and changed, and you're being able to like have the uh, the the change necessary to be able to grow into uh, other leadership opportunities as well. And uh, yeah, so so I just commend you for that work, Lisa. That's awesome. Um, and uh, uh, I wanted to kind of. Now that we've kind of got the faith journey and the leadership journey out of the way, wanted to kind of talk into kind of the meat of the show, which is, you know, diving into the vices and virtues. Um, but uh, for you, Lisa, tell us a little bit about your journey of of how you had to uh, overcome yourself in order to be the leader that you are today. Yes. So I mentioned that I'm the middle child and it seems like you're always being a people pleaser trying to keep the peace as the middle child. Um, but also I had you too. Well, yeah, well, I was the fifth of six kids, but in essence, you know, it was kind of like boy, boy, girl. And then it was girl, boy, boy. Oh, so, okay. yeah, so I had an older sister and younger brother and I can definitely, uh, there was a lot. I also have a lot of people pleasing in my, in my background too, but yeah, sorry, I cut you off. I keep going. No, that's all right. And um, I had a sixth grade teacher. I was very shy growing up. And when my mom went to parent teacher conference, he said, Lisa's so shy. She's not going to amount to anything. So I thought, Oh, I've got to start pleasing people. And also it kind of generated this competitive spirit in me that can also get in the way. Um, but because of that, I wanted to be a people pleaser and ignore conflict, try and keep the peace, you know, be perfect so nobody would be upset with me. And um, that's not, those are vices that really can get in the way. Hmm. So uh, could you can you maybe give me an example of like how that manifests in the workplace? Yes. And I can talk about, you know, my early leadership positions. Um, you know, oftentimes our first leadership position were just thrown in without any training and these people that were my friends now you're their leader. And so I'd listen to somebody and say, yeah, that's a great idea. We should do that. And then somebody else would come to me and say, Oh, that's a great idea. We should do that too not realizing how people feel like, oh, she's changing her mind or she's not really telling the truth. Um, so I could see where it was causing a lot of conflict. Hmm. And then also 
if I don't have a voice to speak up because of my fear of upsetting somebody, um, if you're, you have a behavior that's getting in your way and I don't tell you about it, I'm really not helping you at all. And I'm more focused on if you're going to be upset at me. And so that was a pattern that played out even in my personal life where I wouldn't give um, feedback uh, to people in my life. I would just please them. And, and really then I'm not authentic if I can't tell them what's frustrating me. Hmm. Yeah, it's almost like you your existence gets wiped away. Exactly. You're always being subordinate to yeah. other people. Yes. So how did you walk out of that? I had some great people in my life that gave me feedback. Um, and then also I realized I needed to, to have courage to overcome that. So I started to do things that scared me. So saying yes to those jobs. I also, um, some of your listeners may have heard of Tony Robbins. Uh, his organization really transformed my life. And in order to overcome that, I had to see myself as worthy. There was things in my life that I may have been ashamed about. So I thought, you know, who am I to be this leader or to speak up on this subject? And so going through courses um, through his organization really helped me see my gifts. And if I'm not using my gifts um, that God gave me, that's, that's terrible because he gifted me with these wonderful traits that I didn't see or, what, or I wasn't using them. So that really helped um, to have self-compassion for myself and find myself as worthy. And then just to continue to build that courage muscle and continue to do things outside of my comfort zone. Because I found that's really where the magic happens. That's the joy of life um, when you're playing full out. Hmm. So is that what's really kept you grounded as a leader to not fall back into fear and people pleasing? Or what do you think that's been? It has been. Um, believing in myself has kept me grounded. And then helping other people see their gifts that struggle through some of the things I did also keeps me grounded. But constantly realizing that I can't be complacent and that I've always got to stretch myself. Learner is my top strength and strength finder. So I need to be constantly learning and getting feedback or I could easily go back to being a silent observer who pleases everybody. Hmm. Have you been feeling unfulfilled? You want to be happy, but just continue to struggle. One of the best ways to experience joy is by caring for the homeless. A charity I've grown to love, River Light, food rescues a million meals per year for the needy in Chicago. Imagine how that make you feel, knowing that you're helping feed children and veterans. To make a tax-deductible donation, visit riverlightchicago.org. Again, riverlightchicago.org. No one should go to bed hungry. Yeah, we had talked offline on the podcast about the the people pleasing that led yourself to it, that led me to it, and um, yeah, a little bit of a, a different journey there. Um, but nonetheless, like I I recognize, for me, it was you know just growing up in a home where if if you provide any sort of conflict or feedback, it creates a lot of deep and intense emotions that just shut you down. So yeah. it just was like shutting down on that basis. 
Um, but I think about today, it's still one of those things that as much as I would love to say like, oh, I've totally overcome that. The truth of the matter is that there is still that apprehension um, every time uh, that there is a piece. I think where I've recognized that is the most difficult for me is especially around interviewing people. It's like, like we, we at spirit consulting have committed to loving people and wanting to help everyone raise the bar and matching their levels of investment in the interview process. So if you give us time to in-person interview, phone interview, zoom interview, or whatever it may be that we're going to like give you that feedback so that you can grow and develop. But oftentimes like I'm not efficient because I'll get to this place where I'm interviewing people and it's probably the most ideal to right there, reject them and share the feedback. But instead I feel like my MO sometimes still in that area is to like, be like, all right, well, we're still processing candidates and we'll get back to you. And then in essence, like maybe a couple of weeks later, then we schedule meetings to be able to share that feedback instead of giving it right then and there. Uh, I think I, I recognize that there's still some work to be done. And I talked about in a previous podcast with uh, Parker, one of my uh, indirect reports at the firm, um, just about the power of like when you recognize these things in yourself or these vices to be able to like, like exactly like what you said of like, well, I guess I know that I, you know, you have to take action. You have to put yourself in positions where you're going to be uncomfortable and it's going to ultimately force you to like work out and strengthen that muscle. Um, so, yeah, so uh, just, uh, yeah, just, just really kind of like relating with what you're saying on the people pleasing side and, uh, you know, recognizing too that, you know, that we all, it's like we're never just perfect. There's always going to be growth opportunities for us to be able to grow and develop. You know, really recognizing that even though we have come to a place where we've been able to grow through these different vices that we've just been talking about for you, people-pleasing in particular, just curious if there's additional vices that you still recognize today that you're working through. Yes, for sure. I would say because of that feeling early on in my life that I wasn't enough, that I had this drive for achievement and maybe overused that because I thought, okay, what do I need to do next to be loved? And so the pandemic really helped me with that um, because you know, for that first few months, nobody did anything. We were all at home. Um, even though I was coming to the office after work, we'd go back home and, you know, I was alone and you couldn't do things on the weekend. So my life really slowed down and I realized what was important, you know, connecting with my family, connecting with friends, um, doing things for myself and my wellness. So I realized how much more effective I was as a leader when I wasn't always striving to achieve or to be the best and letting other people have the limelight. So I still have to fight that need to always be doing something, um, but I know how much more effective I am at it. So I work out every morning. I take time to read and meditate, and it, it's helped me be a better leader and um, a better mom, a better daughter, a better friend. Hmm. Oh, man. You know, I, 
I always say that uh, if there's no one growing through the podcast, at least I'm growing because uh, I don't know. I think you just uh, hit it on the head for me. That's something that um, I actually was working on with my spiritual director, uh, who's a Franciscan priest. Uh, this last meeting about you know a couple of weeks back, just ultimately being able to instead of be doing uh, to be sitting and uh, you know sitting in the presence of God. And I think one of the things I have a ton of a ball of energy and always go 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 getting things done. But I think you know especially in the kingdom and dealing you know talking about our relationship with Christ and being able to give him the space to be God and to sit in his presence where for me, it's like, well, you know, I got to pray the rosary today and I need to fast and I need to, you know, whatever, pray in tongues or do praise and worship or whatever it may be. It's like, I can fall into this place of like performance, like uh, with, as it relates to my own prayer life. And that's really just not healthy versus being able to either a just recognize that we're always in the presence of God or B when praying, just being able to sit in it and not do anything, but to just to sit and be, which is definitely something that I'm still working on. Yes, me too. And my favorite verse is be still and know that I am God. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like the the knowing is a lot easier <laughs> than the, yes. the being. I mean, at least I, mean, I think probably most people are, are struggle on either side of those fences, right? Maybe they can be still, but then the knowing and applying that into their lives is is harder. I'm just kind of the other way where I've structured my life around the fact that God is God and you know allowing Him to be the God of my life. But then the being still piece is like I'm still working out that <laughs> um, being able to recognize to slow down and allow Him to to do that. Um, so well, thank you for sharing on that, Lisa. Now, as we kind of curious to kind of shift the the conversation from the vices to now on the virtues piece. Where do you feel, and I know you you listed one of them of like being a lifelong learner and that's just something that you've been kind of like had that ability to to recognize that like, you know, just be able to take wisdom and adopt that in your life. Are there other virtues that you feel like you've been, you've been blessed with in your life? Yes. Um, I would say this positive, joyful enthusiasm for life. Um, I've Several people will say, you know, we can just fill your spirit when you walk in a room. So I feel really blessed to have that. I, I seldom have a bad day. I'm just, I love life. And so that helps me in my leadership to build enthusiasm about changes we're implementing or new programs or projects. Yeah, I can see like if, if you're working in change and someone's like, well, you have to change this. Is like taking the Eeyore approach to it. Exactly. Like, oh, I don't want to change that. That sounds terrible. It's like, but you know, being able to come in like rah rah and rattle people up, I think that that would be impactful. Can you maybe think of a specific time where that really like played itself out well of like being able to use that energy and enthusiasm to help someone see an opportunity for change management and and that really like you know change someone's life for the better. Yes. Um... I think of a, a colleague that used to re, um, report to me. He came to interview at Christus and um, we just loved him, saw his potential and, and talent. And because of life circumstances, he turned the job down. He really couldn't move to the Dallas area at that time. 
there was something about him that just stayed with me and what a special person this is. And so we, we changed the job description a little bit and elevated it, the responsibilities. And I, I just had this feeling and maybe a message from God to call him back and see if circumstances had changed. And so I did. And I just, you know, I shared with him his impact on us and what we saw that he was capable of doing and, and that I just felt called to reach back out to him. And he accepted the job and has just grown in his career here. And um, he always says that our conversation transformed his life to help him make that decision to come move to Dallas and take the job. Hmm. Looking back on your role in that conversation, do you think that there is anything that in, in particular that you would focus on? Or do you think it was a total God thing of being able to like, that's was where he needed to be. And you were just a vessel at that point. I think I may have been the vessel. Hmm. I love it. Um, yeah, it's so funny. Um, you know, I think that it's so easy to, uh, like it's it's hard when we're in the moment to recognize where God is working in our lives, but it's it's much easier to be able to look back and and you know connect the dots as to like you know maybe like a phrase or a word or or an action or you know whatever a thought a revelation that had opened up the door to like you know move into a higher level being for me it was like. We were, we were, you know, as I was talking about how ministry has shaped uh, my life, we were, my brother and I and um, a couple of our friends were working with the uh, director of vocations uh, at the time in, in our diocese to uh, be building this ministry called Catholic Sports Camps. And at the time, we were all, all of the the different, whether that be like baseball, soccer, hockey, they all had their own different brands. And we were like, in essence, kind of like, you know, him being a, an accountant and me being, you know, an executive recruiter, we were just kind of like bringing this like consulting or business philosophy of like, well, I think we should consolidate this and create one brand instead of having all these different brands. But I was kind of like, you know, because our, our hockey camp was something that my dad had launched in the 80s called Spirit Hockey Camp. And so we had been running under that brand for a, a couple summers now as we were like, you know, uh, and, you know, as I kind of related to what you guys were talking about of like taking care of the most vulnerable, because regardless of kids ability to pay, we allowed any kid to come to the hockey camp that they wanted to. And um, which was a lot different than a lot of the hockey programs that are, you know, wildly expensive. <laughs> Parents were like, are you sure this is like the cost of the camp, whatever. But <laughs> my point with it is that ultimately like, so I was kind of feeling bad that, Oh man, like, okay, we're going to like get rid of our dad's like name for this camp and, you know, consolidate into this, this centralized brand of Catholic sports camps. And while we were walking into the the Blanchard Center, I remember my brother turning around and looking at me and he goes, well, Chris, like, this is what's going to happen. Like, we're going to we're going to rebrand Spirit Hockey Camp to Catholic, you know, the Catholic Hockey Camp or Catholic Sports Camps. And then you are going to launch this consulting company called Spirit Consulting. And, and that's where we're going to be able to, you know, take upon that name and I'll join you eventually. And, 
and we're going to grow this business together. And it was like, it was like being absolutely cut to the soul of like, I know exactly like this is exactly like, it was almost like Ricky wasn't there. It was like God speaking to me. It was so clear of like, Oh wow, this is exactly what I need to do. So, so yeah, I mean, I think probably in that similar moment of whatever, like you just showed up, you were like, all right, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. You showed up, you said it, you didn't really know the impact that you're going to be making. And then all of a sudden this guy's like, you know what? She's totally right. I, I do need to completely change my life and be able to, you know, do this completely different. And, and now I'm sure this guy's life is completely changed and different for the better because of it. So that's amazing, Lisa. It, yeah, it totally has. And he's getting married in September back where he moved from. And I get to go to the wedding. So it's very special. Hmm. I love it. So Lisa, what's the, uh, the biggest challenge that you have in your life presently? I would say because of the, the last two years, um, making sure we're connecting people to purpose at work. It's, it's what I think about all the time. So how can, you know, I have such meaning in my work and meaning in my life that I want other people to have that as well. Because, you know, people are, people are happier when they feel they're part of something bigger. So in my role, how can I help connect people to purpose and be confident and continue to have that confidence and courage myself? Yeah, so let's uh, take that to prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we thank you for this um, oasis of fellowship that we've got to have in the middle of our work days. Father, I thank you for bringing Lisa into my life and uh, giving her testimony today on the podcast and also for the way that she was able to be vulnerable to share about her life to help um, open up uh, doorways for other people to um, recognize that maybe some of these things that we talked about today are, are areas of people-pleasing that they may be struggling with today. Father, we also pray that you would uh, pour out your, uh, Lord, that you would just pour out the way that, uh, you know, the joy, the positivity, the the desire for learning that Lisa has been endowed with. Lord, that anyone that's listening today, that you would be able to pour that out upon them as well, so that you would continue to refine the body of Christ, your most beloved bride the church uh, into the perfect image of your son. And Lord, I I also pray in the ways that you've uh, been able to give uh, to empower me within the prophetic or within healing or with discernment of spirits that Lord, that I would give those away to Lisa as well, especially, especially discernment of spirits and and also uh, prophecy because it's being able to, hear you, Lord. You know, you said in the Beatitudes, blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. When we see you, God, and we hear you, and we can give that away to other people, we transform lives. So, Lord, I just um, proclaim in Jesus' name right now that, that Lisa would be powered up within this gifting, so that as she works with the people that she's working with in her work, she would hear revelations from you and connect them because it's like 
it's 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 these words are active and alive words that that we hear we speak and they go into people's souls and these seeds go into their souls and then lord that you continue to nurture those seeds to bring life from them and so we thank you lord for the work that lisa is doing in change management that change management she's <laughs> if you think about change management change man that she's changing people she's helping to change them for the good she's doing her her life and her works her life's work is focused around helping people to change and transform into the people that you've called them to be lord so i just pray that you would just continue to pour this out upon her and that she would be that much more empowered and impactful in the work that she's doing. And Father, thank you for bringing Chris into my life and giving us the opportunity to have this conversation. Continue to bless Chris and myself with our virtues so we may continue to decrease our vices. Father, I ask that you continue to have us believe in the gifts that you gave us so we can continue to make an impact in people's lives and help people see the wonderful characteristics and traits that you gave them at birth. Father, bless those listening to this podcast that everybody may feel joy and peace and valued. And again, thank you for bringing Chris into my life. In your name, I pray. Amen. Yeah, Lisa, uh, as you were just praying, uh, the image that I was getting is, um, I don't know if you've like seen those Corona commercials where it's like, they like have just like beach, they have like ocean sounds that are going on. And then it's like people that are like kicked back down on the beach, uh, being able to like, they're just like enjoying a Corona or enjoying like that, that quiet and peace. Um, I feel like the Lord was saying that, uh, Lisa, this is this is who you are to other people like you are lisa that oasis that as people come to you people are able to find that rest and refreshment to be able to go off and do the work that uh, god is calling them to and to yeah i just um i just see like people coming to you coming into your office being able to like through this joy, through this excitement that you have for the work of being able to, to change and grow and be this catalyst for growth. That in essence, it's similar to the way that people are able to get that vacation. Like in essence, they walk into your office and they're like in that beach scene. So I just make a prophetic declaration that that, that would just continue to be poured into you and that people would just continue to be able to have this refreshment, get this energy, like just be energized to go off and to be performing at higher levels. And, you know, similar to your prayer, I just pray this through the mighty name of our blessed Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you, Chris. Yes. So thank you for watching us on the Virtuous Heroes podcast, where we inspire virtuous leadership. And uh, Lisa, uh, just can't thank you enough for, uh, you know, your time here today and for inspiring virtuous leadership. And we look forward to continuing the dialogue with you as well. Thank you. It's been my pleasure.
Hey, Chris here. Hope you enjoyed this episode. To continue to grow in virtue, will you please subscribe to the Virtuous Heroes podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify? Or you could also visit us on the web at www.spiritmco.com. That would be tubular. Hope you have an awesome day.